Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Rob Henderson, and we have finally finished uh, White Lotus. Uh, we're here today to talk about uh, season seven, was uh, or episode seven, which is season two, the season two finale. Uh, so, Rob, what do you think? Uh, I thought it was it was pretty well done. I think the the season the season up until now has been probably not as good as the first season, but the finale I don't know, maybe almost made up for it. I think it went in directions that we that you and I had predicted, uh, which I think that those were the more sort of obvious plot lines. And then there were some others that I'm not sure anyone could have predicted. Uh, you know, the last the last episode you and I did when we talked about this. Uh, yeah, my my uh, we were talking about who who are these bodies that we're going to see. And I think we kind of got that right, but we were going in some, you know, some speculative directions. I don't, I don't think anyone expected uh, like Tanya to die, for example. What do you yeah. think? No, I don't think anyone expected that. I thought she was going to be a recurring character, like on every season forever. I didn't know they would kill her off. Yeah, yeah, that was really well. I, I thought I read somewhere, and this may have been. Um, I wonder if Mike White is like crafty enough to to like start these kind of rumors in the media that he had signed the actress uh, that plays Tanya, Jennifer Coolidge on for a third season. And uh, I read this somewhere. It may have just been on like, like Twitter or a blog or something like an unserious news source. But to me, it made sense. I just believed it right away because I thought she would be like a sort of enduring character. But I, I guess it kind of makes sense because, it, you know, there's only so much you can do with that character. I mean, she's funny and fine. Like she is like a, you know, very watchable person, I think. But even her character, I think was better in season one. She was more interesting and more entertaining than this time around and i thought the uh you know her the way that she went out it was a little bit silly the the shootout on the yacht to be was a little unbelievable that this rich like i don't i doubt she's ever held a gun in her life and she had like perfect accuracy she knew how to use the the weapon and then she kind of dies and the way she died was perfect i thought Uh, (laughs) (laughs) the way leading up to it to me made no sense at all you know i I think it would have been much sadder if she was just kidnapped and killed so they wanted to give her like kind of a kind of a cool send off. Uh, did you yeah. think that was like how realistic did you judge that 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 yacht seat where she kind of plots her escape? I don't know. She didn't really plot it very well. I mean, it, how hard is it? It's a little it's a pistol. I mean, she just points at these gays and just shoots them from not that far. I mean, how hard is that? I mean, it's if you've never held a gun in your life, maybe she has. Maybe there's some backstory. Maybe there was a reference in season one to her ability to use this. Maybe her husband, Greg took her to a rage i don't know but if you've never used a gun before to like kill three guys at point bl- even at point blank blank range is not like it's not the easiest thing in the world well, so I'm, I'm, the, imagining, I'm imagining you point at them you shoot what goes right like what's the difference between like it's the safety off is it on like it was it already was it already loaded was it already to go maybe it was because like he was going to put her on the boat um, yeah, it was it was loaded i mean we don't see yeah, her we don't see her putting guns yeah, in it. Exactly. So, so everything was very um it was just very convenient. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what kind of gun it was. I didn't pay that close attention. But even at point blank range, like if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know how to hold a gun properly, you can't just like think you're shooting at, at one direction and be wildly off the mark because of the like the, the, the recoil or because like you're just not handling it properly. She wasn't really looking either. Like you zoom in on her face as she's walking around. She's kind of like crying and like, you know, not yeah. really focusing very well. So... And it looked like she got all of them basically, like, perfectly, right? Like, she didn't shoot any of them in the shoulder or the leg. Or, like, she got all of them, like, basically in the torso. Perfect shot. Killed them right away. It just, you know, it was a little too good. If it was one guy, maybe two. But three was just, like, I don't know. It was was too... 
it was too perfect for her to uh, to to make her so getaway. How many which, did she fire? I mean, she fired. I remember her firing. It, it, I don't think she fired. She killed three, but she didn't fire three. She fired a lot, so she missed a lot. I think. Um, uh, yeah, it wasn't yeah. that on each time, but yeah, it was. You know, to me, it was a little too. It was a little too clean. The fact that that she had just enough time to get the gun out of the bag before they kicked the door into. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but it's fine, you know. Like it was, if she had gotten away with it, then I would have thought the show was, you know, it was it was kind of drifting off into like what what is that phrase, jumping the shark territory. But the fact mm-hmm. that she she died in a silly way at the end was like, all right, I, I can accept that, you know, they gave her a proper yeah. send off. Well, I mean, she could have stayed on the boat. She didn't need to go down. I mean, did you? Uh, I mean, I thought, why doesn't she just wait there until somebody discovers her? Well, wasn't the uh, there was the the captain of the ship? He saw she saw him like run, and she didn't have any right. bullets left. I thought what she was going to do, like the uh, first thing I thought was like, okay, so she's out of ammo. One of the guys, one of the gay guys, jumps off. Right, he freaks out and jumps and in, into the into the the ocean and swims off to shore. Then the the captain is there, and you see him kind of like freak out and run away. And then uh, Tanya is thinking what to do. She sees the boat on the side. I thought she was going to do is just pr- pretend the gun is still loaded. The captain doesn't know that the gun is, I don't think. And so she could just point the gun at him and say, like, get us to shore or, like, drive the, you know, use use the gun as a way to trick this guy into, like, getting her to safety. Um, But instead, she she falls off and dies. Doesn't she try to shoot the captain? Doesn't the captain, does the captain see her shoot a a blank or does it, it, he comes down and then runs away, right? It's kind of unclear. I, yeah, maybe maybe he did see that, but then why would he run away if he uh, knew he that know. the gun was yeah, empty? She might have so he she might not know. Be, yeah, she might be yeah. able to reload. He doesn't know anything. I don't think. I don't think he's in on it. I think he's a. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's inter- it's interesting. So yeah, I mean, yeah, she's a goofy person who got a goofy death, but sort of an yeah. awesome death too. And I like sort of Portia at the end. They're like, oh, they found all these dead guys on the on the boat. And she's like, oh, well, I don't know about that. You know, she, you know, she got a, she got, she, she took care of, at least she took some of them with her, with her, which was, uh, yeah. So is Greg going to be next? Greg's going to get the money. I mean, are they going to know that he planned all this? She's dead. He's going to, he, maybe Greg is going to be the, uh, the character now. That's what I was wondering too. Um, like that's kind of, maybe they'll, you know they'll do something with this in the next season. Maybe we'll we'll like have uh, maybe Greg will be one of the characters or something. He's not that interesting on his own though. Uh, no, maybe he's, he's he's become more interesting because he he seemingly was able to pull off this plot. But it was very messy, right? I it seems unlikely that that the police won't have some questions for him, like why why he wasn't there or like why he you know I guess it was his idea to go and then pull out at the last second to go back and. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think that much about what would happen, but it makes sense that Greg may not actually get the money just it because seems the circumstances like, of Tanya's death are too suspicious. Yeah, it seems like okay. Well, there's a couple things with the plot. I mean, first of all, do you think like Portia, like the, the fact that they don't kill her, like was he supposed to kill? Was he supposed to kill her and then decided not to because it seems like it would have been a bad idea to let her live. Yeah, with Portia. Uh, what she I, knew, he like told her, like you know, and then sends her off, and then like you know, this is a this is a, a rich, wealthy, you know, uh, famous woman. Apparently, 
Tanya is. So, like, people are going to be like, what happened? And, like, media would want to know. And, like, Portia is still alive. She's her assistant. Like, you know, they would they would sort of figure this out. So, like, how could you let her live and go back home? That's a good question. I wondered about that. Like, why Portia, Portia didn't also – she didn't seem that um, uh, concerned, like, yeah. concerned. I mean, she did when she called – Tanya and said, like, I have a weird feeling. I have this creepy feeling. Something's going to happen. In that moment, she did seem very alarmed. Um, but maybe she she took Jack's advice to heart, right? When he says, like, uh, uh, these are very powerful people. If I, you know, if I were you, I would just, like, you know, forget it or whatever he says to her. Basically, don't don't look into this any further. She It seemed like she basically took the advice and was like, all right, fine, and got the hell out of there. So... Yeah, but the, the I actually think that Jack kind of do you think he wanted her to he wanted Portia to know something was going on because there was this weird so so there's the scene in the night before when they're in the hotel and he's like crying. I think we talked a little bit about this. He's like crying and he's like, you know, I have to do these things and do you know what I'm talking about? They're in the hotel together the night before. Uh He's crying. I remember he's, he was he's, like really drunk. He's really drunk. He's crying. And he's like, I've, I don't know if he was actually like, you know, in tears, but he seemed very emotional. And he's like, I have had to do these things. And she's like, what things? And he said something like dark things. And he doesn't fully give her the truth of what's going on, but he sort of indicates to her that something's off. And then when they're at the, um, what was it, like breakfast or something the next day, and she's like, where's my phone? I need my phone. And then he looks at her and he says he needs to use the toilet. And he gets up and his phone is on the table. And I think to myself, like, what, what, like, who goes off to the toilet, leaves their phone on the table, unless Mm. he was maybe hoping that she would take it or, but then on the other hand, why take her phone in the first place, you know, so, but that, that seemed like a, I don't know if it was a plot hole or if it was intentionally planned that Jack would. Well, how do you, aren't aren't all phones locked these days? Aren't all phones locked these days? You'd have to have his passcode, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, that could be another plot hole potentially that she was able to unlock it and get, um, well, I get mean, a hold you of know, Tanya. Really, they spent a lot of time together. Sometimes you like look over someone's shoulder, you could see like what their that's... passcode is. And sometimes like with your, you could take up your phone and just with Siri, you could say, uh, and it calls. This is like, uh, yeah. you could make calls, I think, with your phone. Call time. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. If the, yeah, if the need... number's already saved. Yeah. It, oh, it has to be saved. I've never tried without the number saved, but okay. I think, uh, yeah. So yeah, Jack would have Tanya's number. Saved. Yeah, but even just the fact that he went up, right? Like, and uh, and left the phone because you know it was a it was a job, right? He said, like, you know, I, I need just let me do my job. That's what he says to her later. And if she's his job and he's been assigned this task to like keep her distracted, keep her in the dark, he's gonna leave her his phone on the table while he gets up to use the bathroom for some number of minutes. Uh, that seemed uh, to either be in- intentional on his part, possibly reckless. I mean, he's not the smartest guy, so it's may- maybe it was just like stupidity on his part. But then at the very end, right, he does let her go and tells her, like, forget about this. These are powerful people. So I wonder if Jack just kind of took pity on her or came to like her, doesn't want yeah, anything to happen to her. Would, the gays would find out that, I mean, they would find out too if they're these powerful. So, like, it doesn't make sense, sort of. You know, he would let her go, and he'd get himself in trouble unless he really wanted a sacrifice for her and just didn't want to, uh, uh, you know, just didn't like, you know, didn't care at that point. He didn't want to be involved with these people anymore. Maybe there's some, maybe there's some story of him where he's like trying to save, you know, he's trying to save them, but then like also like in a way and be done with it. Maybe I don't, I don't know, um, but it doesn't make sense that like 
the gays wanted to let her go. Like it doesn't make any sense at all because the, you know, that would come back to them. He must have let her live. Where did he drop her off? He's like, take it on your plane to bar. Like where was she supposed to go at that moment when he dropped her off? She wasn't I at the even hotel. Like, the name. Like, yeah. I, I think he just took her to the airport. Right. I mean, to, to some airport, oh. like maybe the nearest airport, he was supposed to take her to, what is that place called? Like Taramina or something, wherever, um, mm-hmm. wherever he thought that Tanya was headed on the yacht. Uh, I guess she, the plan was for her to meet her there, uh, for them to meet. But then he just drove her to the, to the airport because, because he knew, right? Like she told him, like, I know something's going on. I know that's not your uncle. Like, you know, she, she knew what was happening. And so he couldn't, um, he couldn't take her there because then she would foil the plot. So Jack was still, I think, trying to help his, you know, the gays to, by, by distracting Portia long enough by taking her on this long drive. And then also just saying, like, you know, he didn't want to kill her. I don't think Jack wanted to kill Portia. Maybe he didn't, you know, he didn't want her to die. So he just, he just sort of. But that, let her that, on that was her a way. question of his job. It had to be his job, though. He, he was supposed to kill her and he was, he was trying to find a way not to do it. But he, like, there's no way, like, that wasn't the plan. Like, they could have killed Portia. Yeah, they could have, you know, he could have know, killed her. Though. It would have been like, too have messy to have two deaths instead of one, right? I mean. Well, if they both. Well, I mean. Yeah, that's right. That could be too messy. And I guess you couldn't Yeah, you're right. They they wouldn't be able to prove that the gays did it. Well, I mean, so how was he going to kill her? He was going to th- like the Sicilian guy was going to throw her off the boat. That seems like it was uh that seems like <laughs> messier than just having to throw her off the yacht. I'm just saying she fell off the yacht. I, I don't know why they would add the boat thing. That I think makes it a little more messy. But yeah, I, so you're you're saying that the gays would have uh uh would have no, nah, I mean it's like all like you know. I think like they would have let her go. I think they would have mm-hmm. let Porsche. I, I think they wanted to let Porsche go. They wanted to stage Tanya as like getting drunk and falling off the boat, which ironically is like it's kind of how how she went. Yeah. Um. So they wanted that to be the plan, and I think they just wanted Jack to to be charismatic and seduce Portia and take her on a fun day in Sicily and you know, drink and have a good time. And then like, and then, you know, suddenly the uncle calls Jack and says, Oh my God, something's happened. Uh, Tanya, you know, had one, two men and fell off. And then Portia would be like, Oh, you know, and then that would be the sort of, and then, and then Portia the whole time would just be kept in the dark thinking, Oh, this guy is his uncle. And, you know, Tanya was having a good time. And, but then Portia and Tanya talked and figured out what had, what was really going on. And kind of yeah. The so he's um, so yeah. So Jack. So yeah. What makes it make sense is that Jack just screwed up. He wasn't supposed to tell Portia like blabber while drunk and you know make all these mistakes. So yeah. Okay. He so now phone in such an obvious way, right? Like take her phone and then act suspiciously and yeah, yeah, yeah. So something, yeah. And then and then yeah, leaving his phone. I think if Jack had never left his phone on the table. <laughs> none of this would have happened so that's what that's what leads me to believe that maybe jack wanted her to know somehow uh but again it's also possible that he was just an idiot and just left it there wasn't and was she, just being careless was wasn't she getting I, I thought that wasn't tanya starting to get suspicious before uh before that call from Borsha? well she was suspicious because <laughs> she saw jack uh uh having sex with his uncle so no i know yeah. but, but she was suspicious in that moment like something was wrong with oh, the, 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 the um the the photo it was greg or like she said it looks just like greg 
Yeah. And so I think that set some alarm bells going off too. Um, where, yeah, because they he, she saw that photo the day before the last episode where she was like drunk or high or something, but she saw the photo and then I, then she this this episode the most recent episode the finale she's you know Quentin walks in on her looking at the photograph again and she's like oh I I, I saw this photo yesterday and I thought it might have been a dream but this looks just like Greg except with hair and Quentin is acting very suspiciously. And I think his reaction also sort of, uh, you know, Tanya yeah. probably picked up on on his uh, his strange behavior. And, you know, so just like a, a series of, of subtle but unusual, peculiar things going on around them that led them to to both, you know, arrive at this conclusion that things weren't as they seemed. But, but most specifically, yeah. the, uh, the intercourse between Jack and, his, and, and Quinton was like, you know, that in itself was like enough to be like, okay, this is, you know, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if they got away with it, they went according to plan to the gays. So, you know, it was supposed to be Greg was supposed to give all the money to Quinton. Now, you would have think there would be an investigation here. And like, so Greg is like, becomes like, comes into all this money. And then he gives the money to uh, Quinton, the guy who happened to be with Tanya. Uh, when uh, or maybe you know maybe they have shell companies or or whatever maybe they maybe they maybe they're clever maybe they maybe they figured all this out um, yeah 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 so that I guess that didn't make sense to me either I might have missed something but yeah how was it with the prenup is okay so so then I guess Greg would be in her will was that the idea that if they get divorced he doesn't get any money or but if she dies if there was no will yeah be by the def- by default it would go to her husband. Uh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, and then and then yeah, maybe Greg was going to split some of it with uh, with the uh, uh, yeah Quentin and his and his fellow gays. I guess that was the the plan. Yeah, what a strange, strange thing. I, I never, you know, you I, I it's uh, it was in a strange direction to go because when you meet Greg in season one, he's just like a very like bland. Yeah like 58 year old guy who works for uh, what the Bureau of Land Management. He's just like a regular well, dude. Well, now yeah. I think that, I mean, now I think that from the start, he was trying to scam that he was thinking about getting this woman and getting her money and she made him sign mm-hmm. a prenup and then like he had to go to the, uh, yeah, I think this is, uh, I think he was sort of, well, we have to go back and watch season one to like, you know, see the signs, but yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, so you I, think, I mean, that, um, you think this was planned all along. You think that uh, that that from from the beginning of season one, they knew that there was going to be a season two, and Greg was going to be this kind of person with Tanya. Like they were like this plot oh, was uh, envisioned. I don't know like what the, the writers. No. I, I don't know what the writers envisioned. I'm just thinking of like what my interpretation of Greg. Like okay. he wanted he, he targeted this woman to like have a relationship, get her money. Like he wasn't going to kill her from the start, but he just wanted to probably just wanted a divorce and like take her money. And then like, she made him sign a prenup and then like, you know, he's, but he's like, you know, he's like, uh, yeah, he's not just a old BLM, uh, guy, you know, he's got this, you know, sort of wild past with these, you know, gays that he stayed in contact with. Um, and so, yeah, it makes sense. He would try to find this woman and, you know, get her money somehow. Um, yeah, so Tanya's like an heiress, or she's an heiress, right? Is that that's her thing? I think that's right. Yeah, she didn't earn her money. You know, she's like a very spoiled. I mean, yeah, the show, the show like highlights this repeatedly. There's there's the there's a, a scene in, in in episode one of of season two where she gets off the boat and Valentina and the others are greeting her, and she's like, "You're you're a member of our Blossom Circle," and Tanya says. 
I started out as a petal and I worked my way up to blossom <laughs> as if this is some accomplishment for her. Like this woman who's never worked a day in her life is like, you know, she, she works her way from like, I just stayed at enough fancy hotels. And like, now I'm in this higher tier category. Like she's uh yeah, I think she's, she's supposed to be at heiress and, and Greg is, yeah, I guess he's just like a sort of a, a, a suspicious sketchy kind of character who um, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe she was his mark all along. And in, in maybe in the same way that uh, that Albie was a mark, you know, yeah. planned from the beginning. Why? How come they all like end their vacation and fly out at the exact same time? Like, why are they're not like a tourist club, are they? But at the end, like it's like Portia and uh, uh, the Italian uh, family, and then the uh, uh, Cameron, mm-hmm. and you know, that, all of them. They're all leaving, arriving at the same family, but they don't know each other. So, like, why are they? Why are they doing that? I guess they well did were they all at the same time? So I know the two couples traveled together, but were they there at the at the same? Because I know they it, it seemed that way, but I wonder if you know the scenes were just came back to, but they weren't on the same. You know, they weren't actually. If they were. Why would they? Why would they be? Why would they be? Like don't they, don't like is there like a like a standard package you buy for the white load? I don't think so. I think this is like more of a high end thing where. Each person would, uh, each family would do no, their own I, thing. I think the show was basically just, um, like, you know, for the sake of of convenience, you know, and giving it a sense of finality. Even if the two, uh, even if the two couples and the DeGrasso and Portia, you know, even if they left at at the, it could have been two separate times, right? The two couples left on one day, and DeGrasso and Portia, that was like, just that was just a coincidence, and they left on a different day. Uh, I, but they I see. Oh, together. They yeah. Ah, okay, that might have been. Uh, no, just, I thought they were all. back. I see. Yeah. So my, that, that's, yeah, yeah. that's useful. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is the, end. this is the end of Tanya. I didn't find Tanya that, I mean, she was, you know, she had some funny things, but I, I didn't find her the most compelling. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not very sad. Yeah. She's, she was much fun. I, I thought she was hilarious at, at, at season one. I was glad they were bringing her back. Cause I thought she was like one of the funniest characters in, in television in a while. Uh, but this time, yeah, I think they used her up. And I, um, I read an interview with 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 Mike White uh, where he said, like, after season one, he liked the character so much he wanted to bring her back. But I think maybe he even knew that this season was kind of stretching her a little thin. She wasn't as interesting, and uh, you know, so so they. But they, they, I think they built the plot around her pretty well to give her a, a yeah. decent send off. I like so. I like the idea of like uh, like uh, having a, some kind of continuation. Like I think they, I think the most likely to continue for next season, maybe uh, the what are they, the Degrassi, maybe Alby or uh, my, his dad, maybe. Um, um, I think they, if somebody's going to come back next season, right? Well, there was this throwaway line. It seemed to me like uh, possibly a teaser. Maybe maybe he he just tossed it in there to see how people would react. Uh, Cameron said something like, uh, you know, next summer when we go to, to to Maldives, something like that, like we'll have more, more scuba and less pasta, something like that. And I wonder if that's supposed to set it up for a season three with, uh, you know, in Maldives with the same couples or if they're going to bring, uh, or if that's just something to, to see how the audience reacts or just, just a completely, you know, non, non-relevant line. Mm. Um, so I don't know if I'd want to see any of these characters again. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was fun for a season, but none of them were that compelling, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So did uh, let me ask you this: had, Did was Bert um, out of his mind because he says I had a dream last night? Do you remember this when we uh, we met a relative? So was he joking, or was did he really think that that was a dream? Oh, I thought that was a I thought that was a joke, right? He was just I referencing. Was true, the, uh, but they didn't laugh, okay. and I'm like, maybe he's maybe he's going senile. 
Oh, oh yeah, may- maybe he's okay. Yeah, I could see that being a sort of an ambiguous remark. He did hit his head, and he was—he's—he like wore the bandage on the top of his head for the remainder of the show. So maybe that was a sign of possible, like what Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever. Maybe, yeah, yeah, could yeah. have been, could have been a uh, injury related. Okay. So we have, uh, yeah, okay. So we have two things. Which one do you want to discuss first? The uh, Cameron and Ethan, or the um, Degrassi? Degrassi is that how you say it? Uh, the Degrasso. Uh, I mean, yeah, we could. I mean, yeah, I guess the, the the couples that might be the most interesting part. So we could save that for you know for after the 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 Degrasso family thing. I mean, yeah. So that was. I mean, that I think you and I got that one right. That we that that Albie was was a mark. I guess but one it was, thing it was that more I. Interesting. Yeah. It was yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say. So Alicio, Alicio, he wasn't the pimp. That was one thing that I, I got wrong. Like I thought. He, well, no, no, no. I, 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 we did discuss this. Eventually, came to the conclusion that he probably wasn't a pimp, but we weren't sure who he was. He turned out to just be a, a um, you know, yeah. another hospitality worker at a, a, another hotel or something. And I maybe she's the same like, hotel. I thought it was the same hotel. But, but that would have been hotel? strange because they would have, no, like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I thought they were walking out of the hotel and they, they saw him, which would have been strange because the other people would have noticed him, right? But my, my question there is, okay, so he's not her pimp, but then who is he? Like, why would he help her? Like, why would he play the role of being this, you know, angry gangster pimp, whatever? Well, he's just like, a boyfriend you know, or a friend. Or, or, or he could he be anyone. He could be a brother. He could be a friend. He could be I, whoever's in on the scam. It doesn't, it doesn't does matter. He get, he even, does he get cut? You know, is he? I'm yeah, just wondering, like, what the you know, what his role is in, uh, in Lucia's life that he would agree to that. Um, cause yeah, I guess I could potentially put his, his job in jeopardy if he's like known to be intimidating American tourists. Uh, <laughs> I, don't you know, think, not- I don't think he just got 50,000. I don't think he's worried about a stupid bellhop job. I mean, I think this is, this is, is much more lucrative. Is he getting any of that money though? Like, I don't know. Is he, I'm or is he a mark too, where no. you know Lucia like swindles these uh, these you know young, so- somewhat naive guys to like do her bidding for her, and you know I, I wonder if he's not getting anything out of this other than maybe the promise of more attention from from mm-hmm. Lucia. I doubt it for a guy, for a guy to like engage in like criminality and extortion. You know, I don't think he would be like you know he's not like <laughs> Albie. You know, I think he'd be more street smart than that. I I, I would hope so. Uh, but but you know, yeah, that was a that was a question mark hanging over the the that that line that subplot for me. But uh, yeah, Albie's. Uh, I, I thought that it was an interesting um, an interesting angle where you know it was this transactional. Uh, uh, thing going on between Albie and his dad, right? Of like, give me fifty thousand yeah. euros, and the dad is like, you know, like that, yeah, he knew right away, right? Dominic is not dumb. He knew that, like, you know, you want to be seen as a mark. He asks him that, and then, uh, and then Albie, you know, he plays, uh, you know, he plays his own game where he says, "I'll put in a good word with you for for mom," and uh, and it worked. It seemingly worked, right? There was that scene later where Dominic calls and his wife finally picks up and says, mm-hmm. "You know, I'll talk to you when you get back," something like that. So that part worked out, but I'll be completely got, uh, what do you say? He got played. He told Porsche at the end, right? He got played. Um, so I guess that was his, uh, maybe that was his kind of, you know, his character arc, uh, where he's, you know, he's, he's very naive at the beginning. And then, um, you know, he talks about how these women, right. There was the scene where he's talking to the two older DeGrasso men and he's like, you know, oh, these women are economically, uh, uh, disadvantaged and, you know, mistreated and blah, blah. And then his grandfather, Bert says like, they're women are people just like you and me. 
And uh, and then Albie at the end discovers, oh, you know, he uh, he was a mark. He did get played, so he be you know he he left a little bit less naive than he started. No, so like I you know I think it's no, I have a little bit of a different interpretation. So the um, first of all, I'm I agree with you. I'm gl- like I thought that like uh, Albie was just gonna like talk his uh, talk his dad into it. And I'm like, I'm like, no, this is not believable. So it is like, oh, 10,000. Like, there's no way he talks him into it, like, just to do it to be a good, like, karmic, you know, your karmic, you know, karmic, whatever, credit or whatever karmic it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's not good. That can't possibly work. And I'm glad that didn't work. I'm glad, like, he, he bribed him, you know, he, he made it a, a, a quid pro quo. Um, but then I think I'll be. I think he knew. I mean, I, it seems like he didn't like sit there and try to, like his dad says, don't be a mark. He doesn't say, oh no, I know she's, he doesn't even like try to convince him. And then when she leaves, he opens his eyes right away. Like he was waiting for a leave. And then he goes, uh-huh. oh. like he wasn't like surprised. He wasn't like running after her. Like, where'd she go? She must be in the back. She wasn't crying. He wasn't heartbroken. Like he seems to have sort of knew. I mean, I, I so I don't know why. I don't know why, like, you know, it doesn't, maybe he thought it was like 50-50, like, you know, if she, you know I'll, I'll give her all this money, maybe she likes me, but he wasn't particularly surprised when, when, when she robbed him. I mean, that, 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 I, when she left, I, I think that was, that was the strange thing about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think there was some, some character development for him, some, you know, some, some movement away from innocence. Um, I mean, I guess he did say like, you know, this money is nothing to you when he's talking to his dad, right? To Dominic, he says, this money's nothing to you. Who cares? Blah, blah. And he, like, why would he go? Like, he he really did seem to be in love. He's portrayed very clearly as this sort of naive and innocent guy who's, you know, doesn't think that women would do something. And if, you know, like, just, you know, he, he finds himself, what, attracted to wounded birds. That's what he told Portia in one of the earlier episodes. And so I don't think he expected to be played in this way because that would imply that he has some understanding some cynical uh understanding of of how humans can behave how women can behave and that doesn't seem in character with him it seems more like he would believe that she was being she she, she really was in love or she really just needed this money yeah. um and and then at the end right when when all three of the the degrasso men are in the airport line and there's that hot woman who walks by them you know, all three of the men, you know, like that. there's, I don't know if it was just, uh, you know, if it was lampooning the male gaze or if it was just, you know, playing, playing it straight, but all three of the men, you know, turn their heads at the same time and look at her as she walks by. And, uh, you know, I wonder if that was supposed to indicate that like Albie is not, uh, he's not just a nice guy anymore. He is kind of becoming more like his, his, uh, the older members of his family, his father and grandfather. Yeah. Well, his f- father Dominic is the first one to turn his head, so I think that's foreshadowing. Okay, this is not gonna, this is not gonna last very long. <laughs> this, you oh know, yeah, new, yeah. New Dominic. Uh, but the, um, you know, there was sort of like that. That was a little bit, you know, it's sort of like uh, you know, it's like we talked about the shows, like philosophy and stuff. But it's sort of like you know, annoying to me now that like a message of a show is like men like to look at women and like, this is like a radical, <laughs> like conservative stance, like men were to, like, yeah. you know, like this was used to be such a trope and like popular, because, like, you know, a girl would walk by and like guys would turn their heads. And like, now we like, don't even, we're like supposed to pretend like, you know, like nobody, you know, nobody's even attracted to women. And like this show, because it like shows you at the, it's like the top off the season finale. Oh, these men all like, all like a pretty girl. And it's like, 
mind's blown. Like, whoa, that's so not current year. And it's just, it just like to me, it's just like, uh, I don't know. Like, you know, we should be better than being surprised or impressed by this. And when they, and when the show does, uh, you know, like, like have someone explicitly describe male sexuality, they put it in the mouth of like this, this old dinosaur, right? With Bert, where he says, uh, for men, our Achilles heel is our Achilles. I don't know. Can yeah. we say this word on your podcast? But yeah, yeah. you know what he, you know where he goes. And so, so yeah, yeah. there's, um, you know, and so, and, and you know, the Bert in an earlier episode says, you know, the old, you know, we used to respect the elderly and now, you know, they just remind us yeah, of an yeah. oppressive past, but he, he, he's the one who's like, when he hugs uh and then in the, the finale he hugs uh mia right she gets up and hugs him and then he sits down with uh his grandson and son and says you know she's she's uh young enough to be my granddaughter but when i hugged her i felt aroused <laughs> like yeah that's uh like i don't know yeah nowadays very few shows have you know they they don't have like the dirty old dan character uh so yeah there is something jarring to see it's, it feels anachronistic to have a character like that um even an old man even, do these things yeah but why, why does he need to say that i mean like it should be taken for granted that he likes right he likes women <laughs> right i mean it just, maybe because he's old is he trying to prove that he could still you know he could still function i don't know like it, he seems to be you know it seems to be he's trying to uh prove this to them like in the, you well, know, and like, you know, it was one of the first episodes, maybe the first or second episode where he's like telling them like, oh, I could still, and he's like, he's amazing. Like, he's trying too hard to justify it. They're like, dad, like, come on. Or, or was it, or was it the other, was Albie like, did Albie go out of it? Like, he's like, you know, I like pretty girls, like whatever. I like Isabella. I would try to you know, flirt with her whatever. And then Albie's like, can you even perform? And I think it was actually, yeah, I'm getting it wrong. Maybe it was Albie or maybe Albie and Dominic like trying to tell him like, no, you're too old to like even think these thoughts, right? And then yeah. at the end, like he's the one bringing it up, like trying to show them that he's still, you know, capable, which is you know sort of sad. But uh, yeah, the whole thing, the whole thing is sad, like how they feel felt the need to like rub it into rub it in his face that like you know you you can't you can't get it up, old man. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there was, uh, yeah, there was, uh, they were trying to maybe make a statement about. Uh, like the generational divides too, where, so you have Bert who's like very unapologetically lecherous and very just like open in his interest in variety and having, you know, multiple partners, maybe having affairs. It's fine. And then you have Dominic who does all the, like his behaviors are all the same, but he has this guilt around it, right? There's this guilt and anxiety and this apologetic attitude towards it. And then you have Albie, who's just like, you know, imbibed the, you know, whatever he learned at Stanford and, and and in the culture where it's like, all of it is bad. You know, you shouldn't cheat. You shouldn't do anything. You shouldn't even have the think these thoughts. Um, you know, if you want to kiss a girl at the end of a date, you have to ask her, can I kiss you? Mm-hmm. And so, but then, you know, over time, you know, you sort of see that despite the generational divides, I think that that, that final scene of them all staring at the same girl as she walks by is like, yeah, okay, fine. Culture changes, whatever generational divides, but they're all still men and they all still like at the end of the day, want the same things. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, That's right. I I just, I still don't know. Like did Albie, like I'm still, I'm still struggling with what Albie was thinking at the end. It was like, uh, you know, he knew it was possible. I mean, he knew at least it was a possibility uh, that she was Hmm. uh, scamming him. Um, yeah well the other thing that was interesting about it yeah economic was he trying to prove something to his dad was he trying to like like get his dad to do i don't know was he trying to redistribute wealth to like a poor person (laughs) you know what was his like what was his like goal here i don't know 
Well, I think there was that, right? Like Albi is, you know, I think he's probably generally a, like, like a p- political liberal who believes that, you know, he, he says something like, you know, this money doesn't mean anything to you. And Dominic replies, like, are you just going to go around saving like every girl who needs help? And he's like, I'm not going to subsidize that. And Albi says like, it's 50,000. It's nothing. It's fine. You know, and it really is like it, it was shown as like he transferred the money and it was like materially irrelevant to that family. So, yeah, I think there was maybe some something like that on all these. The other thing that was interesting to me, though, and and this may be reading too much into it, which is that Albie knows his dad well enough that, you know, this is this is a consistent pattern with with Dominic, right, where he cheats and then the family gets mad and Albie describes himself as like the peacemaker of the family um, because Dominic has done this before. So Albie's basically saying, like, I'm willing to allow you to hurt my mother again in exchange for like the possibility of like freeing this girl right like he knows that dominic is not going to be able to stick to his word he even says like oh i'll, I'll tell her you changed i tell her you know you, you came out here to sicily you had a change of heart you're a different person now and if that's what it takes to free this girl but all must know right like dominic's not really going to change he's going to do the same thing again so he's willing to sort of you know indirectly inflict more emotional pain on his mom in exchange for what, like the possibility that maybe Lucia will go away with him to LA or, or if not that, then at least uh, just give her the money, right? Like even if he knows he's going to be swindled to like, just give her some money. So that's like, that's a kind of a weird, to me, that's almost like a, a sort of a politically liberal belief that like, it's okay to hurt your family. If it means like helping some, you know, random member of, you know, what you believe to be is like a, someone in, yeah. suffering in the underclass. You know what I mean? But yeah, but he needs to read some effective altruists. I mean, the idea that like fifty thousand, like this is the best use of fifty thousand. If he really wants to save people, there's still something personal going on here. If he doesn't want to save people, he could have asked his dad to transfer to a uh, you know uh, Sam Brakeman free to give all his money to him, and he could give it to Africans or something. Surely he must have. Like, of, okay, here's a question: Does Albi know what effective altruism is? You know, he's, he's a Stanford, Stanford graduate, smart yeah, family. Stanford. He just graduated from Stanford. I mean, that's the Bay Area. It's like where all this stuff is. Yeah, definitely. So that yeah, he sh- he should know better. Like he should know that like giving fifty grand to a random prostitute in Sicily is not the best yes. use of charitable funds. So to me, that like that that reaffirms that it's really for him about like maybe Lucia will like me and go away with me. Like yeah. there was like a, a calculated self interested motive there rather than just like yeah. transferring wealth. Yeah, I think probabilistic. I, yeah, I think he had probabilistic reasoning. I thought he was like he thought it was a seventy percent chance she would leave <laughs> and like thirty percent chance she would go with him, and it was like worth it to him. And but yeah. he wasn't surprised. Like when she left, he wasn't like you know, oh my god, I'm gonna go find her. It was just like oh she left. Oh that's how it turned out. I guess I guess I was wrong. That's so all it was. It's win-win for Albie, right? Like, like it's win-win. Whether mm-hmm. so, whether she goes with him or not, he'll still feel like he did something good. So, if she goes away with him, great. He, you know, gets this woman he really likes. And if she doesn't go with him, then hey, I redistributed money from you know my rich asshole dad to this, uh, you know, to to this poor, uh, struggling, economically impoverished uh, woman in Sicily, uh, but at the cost of <laughs> at the cost of hurting his own mother again. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'll be, I'll be, you know, he's, he's, yeah, I think at the end, he, he becomes much less of an innocent character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's Albi. You know, he could, Portia, do you think they're going to have, do you think they're going to, they exchange numbers at the end, uh, Albi and Portia? Do you think they're going to stay together? Do you think they're going to stay in touch and become a couple? 
that was a weird like i guess um i uh, that's possible i think it's gonna be well the, the most likely outcome for something like that is that they just text each other for a little while and oh wait they well it depends on what happens so if albie goes back to california i mean it, it's funny like i like so so um portia went to chico state not that far actually from where i grew up and that's uh-huh. you know it's like a three-hour drive from stanford um, so, it's, so it's possible that if she goes back to chico uh for whatever reason and he goes back to stanford if they're both sort of based where they went to college they could potentially like see each other again but the most likely outcome right with like two you know gen z kind of flighty um erratic kids is like you know maybe they'll they'll hook up a couple of times text each other and it'll just sort of fade away and not really turn into anything serious yeah i mean did you do you expect them to continue do you do you think we'll see them in a future a future episode. Well, all you, like all the things season. you say are, are true about most likely scenario when people exchange numbers. But like the fact that they had this sort of interesting experience, where like you know, Porsche is going to be on the news. I think out of this, like it's going to be like a big news story. Um, and you know, he's she's going to be like, this is the only person I could talk to him. Like he was there at the same time, and like we hung out <laughs> there, true. and like oh, he's got this amazing story too. Like Albie's going to tell her, like well, you know what happened to him. And so I don't know, like having the shared experience of like both being sort of played and both being in the same place at the same time, maybe that, maybe that's, you know, something, maybe that takes them somewhere. But, you know, the, the reason that they didn't, you know, the reason that she didn't like him in the first place is, hasn't, you know, was because he wasn't as exciting as this other, you know, British, you know, soccer hooligan or whatever who comes across. And, yeah. uh, you know, and maybe, but maybe Albie's a changed man. You know, maybe he's not, maybe he's not the, you know, the beta that he once was. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they might have some hope. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting that both of them, I mean, we talked about this before where, where Albie and Portia, you know, instead of being with each other, which would have been, you know, like that would have been the most sort of fitting for both of them. Uh, instead they both were essentially, uh, well, well, last time we said they, they both sort of hooked up with, you know, prostitutes, uh, sex workers. And this time, like, it becomes very clear that both of them got swindled by, by sex workers, right? By, by, so, so I'll be like, you know, we got, we have evidence, we, we, it's confirmed that, that he was a mark the whole time. And Portia, I mean, she wasn't a mark, the, the original mark, but she was also being, uh, sort of blinded by you know this other like very attractive male prostitute whose job it was to distract her and so they were both like jobs right they were both sort of marks uh all along when yeah it, it, they should have probably you know they maybe they would have been happier with each other um although i don't know Portia Portia sort of had her own arc where initially she was like you know this this very uh classic like neurotic gen z woman of you know, I just want an adventure and, you know, she's stressing out about working for this boss and, um, very emotional, right? Like a very sort of, uh, uh, emotional person. And then, um, and then, yeah, like she, she was unable to appreciate her experience there in Sicily. Okay, fine. You have, you're on the job, but it's still like a, you know, that's a pretty sweet gig, uh, to stay in a fancy hotel in Sicily and work, you know, work for this woman. Um, but now that she's had this like life or death experience, she did seem to be a little like maybe more appreciative of life or like, you know, she survived something pretty crazy. She did have this intense experience as you say. And so, yeah, maybe she also had some, you know, she changed, she came out a little bit different than, than, than when she started. 
Um, not as clear though for me as it was for like the the, the arc as it was for Albi, but maybe she also had some some kind of character development. Yeah. Well, what's the evidence of Albi's arc? Just because he looked at a girl once? I mean, I don't know. Is that is that a evidence of a big arc? Well, he 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 was very upfront, right? When when Portia asks what happened with oh. the girl, and he said, "I played." He didn't he didn't oh, couch yeah, it. Like in sugarcoated yeah. he didn't say like like uh yeah. oh she was struggling for financially and my father and i helped her or like you know he didn't he didn't give her any bullshit he just yeah. said like i got played you know he yeah. learned that you know he can be a mark women can be calculating yeah. and not these innocent creatures so and then portia um yeah yeah i mean she she started out very uh um yeah unstable it seemed and then later she was pretty blunt perhaps too much so she seemed almost reckless in how um, straightforward she was questioning Jack. Like, I know he's not your uncle. And he's like, what? Of course he is. And she's like, so, so you F your uncle? <laughs> like, mm. you know, it was uh, um, to be like, you know, she was in a dangerous situation there. And she was very uh, direct. Yeah. I wonder if Fortress so. somehow going to get, um, I wonder if she's somehow going to get uh, Tanya's money. Like, so I, I think it all goes oh. to Greg. If you're married, it doesn't matter if you have a prenup. I, I think it's Greg's money as much as it's her money while, while they're married. So I think Greg will get everything, but I don't know if like, I don't know if you die, like you, you could have a will. Uh, I don't know how that works. Uh, if you could have a will and you could go to your like assistant or something, um, her husband has to get something. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Or if Creed up just keeps it all separate and like, it doesn't matter. I don't know, but it, like, it, it's possible that, you know, somehow Portia gets something or can maybe Greg pays her to like, you know, forget to about this up. or maybe she like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe she goes back to like, she knows like where Tanya's hiding some money under her mattress or something. And she just like, you know, get, can take a bunch of money. Like, I, you know, I wonder if there's some, like maybe she's happy. Like maybe she sees like a path to sort of get rich off of this. Yeah, that would be interesting if she became like that kind of a, a like I don't know, she becomes like the new Tanya or something. Uh, she would feel yeah, guilty probably... about stealing it from Tanya because it's going to go to Greg and he killed her. I would you wouldn't feel bad about that. <laughs> but does Portia know? Did 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 Tanya like Tanya? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did she tell? I don't think oh, she no, said no, anything Tanya to told her. Tanya said, "I saw this picture and it was Greg." I think she told her on the phone. Okay, so Portia testify against Greg. I mean, they've got a good murder case against. I mean, I she. I mean, this guy right. could be going to jail, and Tanya could. Yeah, Portia could somehow get the money. But then, but Jack did warn her that these are very powerful people, and so would she actually keep her mouth shut? But, yeah, but they're all dead, Sicilian, though, or at least Quentin's dead. So, yeah, it seems. Like, yeah, they're dead. Plus, yeah, Sicilian mafia, like an American murder investigation of like an American, you know, heiress. Like oh, this is silly oh, mafia. Yeah. I don't think that. I don't think anyone takes Sicilian mafia more seriously than the you know U.S. Justice Department. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, is that is that who was responsible for this? I mean, Jack made it seem like it was something bigger than that. Uh, like Quentin himself, right? Like he's. A, I think he himself is supposed to be the heir of a fortune, and he just what squandered it or but something. Look, yeah. Like why is this very posh gay British well, man involved have- with the Sicilian mafia? Portia's not going to have a choice. I mean, because the uh, feds are going to come after her and they're going to like, know she knows something and they're going to try to get her story. And they're going to like, probably try to make her think that like, maybe like she's a suspect and like, you know, Mm. I I don't think she has like a, she doesn't have an option of just like disappearing here. You know, people know something, something strange. she'll, She'll crack. Yeah. Unless, I mean, unless they make it see, unless the gay, well, the gays are all dead. Yes, the gays were all shot. I mean, they have, yeah, they, there's no, there's no option. I mean, like, they were all shot, and then she's drowned. And so, like, 
yeah, there's going to be a big investigation here and she's going to be at the center of it. So she can't say nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. That she will, she'll be tracked out. I mean, the fact that she was the only one there with Tanya, right? Greg wasn't there at the time of, of the, you know, the events of Tanya's death. And so, yeah, Portia at the least will be questioned and I don't see her, um, standing up to the scrutiny. So she'll probably, she'd probably crack and then lead them to question Jack, who will then, you know, the whole thing will unravel from there. Well, I don't so, think Jack is good. I, yeah. I don't think Jack is going to be that easy to find. I think Jack is the kind of guy who's, you know, he's, you couldn't find him on Instagram. I, I don't think like they, you could just find Jack, right? Like that phone, yeah. like Tanya's call, like Tanya gets a call from Jack at the end. I don't think like, you know, you can, uh, you know, I don't think I don't think you could just. You know, I think that's a burner phone. I I don't think Jack is you know easy to find. I think this is a criminal enterprise. Yeah. So yeah, it's just going to be Tanya basically. I heard that Tanya Portia, um, and yeah, they'll they'll try to get out of her what they can. Um, yeah, and so uh, <clears throat> so the um, okay, so yeah, let's let's finish by talking about the final thing. So uh, to my to my chagrin, Ethan is not a is not a cuck. There's no cuckoldery <laughs> storyline. No, uh, very disappointed. Yeah. No, no strange sexual fetishes. No, I think the uh, the ending was pretty like uh, I think it's pretty pretty straightforward. What happened there, and in a way, it it actually reminded me of season one, where there is this um, you know this uh, this show indicates that sex and violence are intertwined. So in the first season. Uh, I should I should actually have looked this guy's name. The the father, right? The 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 dad in the show. Um, mm. You know, he and his wife, you know, were not really passionate for each other anymore. They're not really in love. And then he uh, he gets into a fight. He basically like loses a, a yeah. very quickly the fight to the Hawaiian guy who breaks in. And then after that, you know, he has his black eye, broken nose, and he has you know he looks like uh, you know he survived this altercation. And then him and his wife have sex. And then in this show, Ethan and Harper. Uh, you know, they only have sex after Ethan and Cameron have this violent altercation in the ocean and he punches Ethan or he punches Cameron and they, you know, both try to drown each other. And I know that wasn't the only thing that led to that, right? Like it does imply that there was some other, you know, some, some infidelity going on as well. But the, yeah. I, I just find it interesting. Like there is this sort of direct connection to me between violence and sex in, in both seasons. No, but no, I mean, there was, there was a, yeah, the intervening event was, uh, 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 with the, he, you know, he had sex with death. He wasn't like energized. He didn't see Harper after that fight. He just went and like was on the beach and then, and then saw Daphne. Uh, so yeah, this is like, this is the, um, yeah, this is the lesson of the show. Like I said, like people should cheat on their spouses <laughs> and yeah. that's the only way to have a fulfilling life. I mean, that seems like the, the, it's just that. Yeah, it seemed very. Uh, yeah, it was. It was like not Ooh, a not a particularly. Yeah, it was. It was on the nose. It wasn't a particularly uplifting message either, because the show seemed to draw this uh, uh, dichotomy between you can either be like Ethan and Harper and be very honest with each other, right? Like they tell each other everything. You know, they show hammers this point home that they both talk to each other and say everything and fine. And with with the other couple, Daphne and Cameron. There is like lies upon lies. I think this the finale basically confirmed that the kids aren't cameras. By the way, now we can get into that too. But uh, yeah. but but basically, there's all these you know. Uh, there's a lot of deceit between them, and they both have like you know fun sex with each other, and they have their extramarital affairs, and they make things work and fine. So it's like 
you can lie and have great sex or tell the truth and be in a sort of a sexless uh, marriage. Um, so, you know, that, I think that was kind of the, the message there. And I, I think the violence does have th- something to do with it because they didn't have to have that scene. They could have just had the scene. They could have just smashed cut to like Ethan sulking, right? He didn't have to go out and like track Cameron down and, and then like get into a fight with him. He could have just gone down to the beach, tried to track Cameron down. Cameron's nowhere to be found, but then he sees Daphne. And then like he and Daphne go off into the cabin or whatever in that, in that Island. And, and that could have just, you know, it could have just been, you know, Ethan and Daphne together smash cut to, you know, Ethan and his wife having sex. But the, the violence I think was like key for, for Ethan to like feel, I don't know, manly enough or or invigorated enough that on top of, you know, sleeping with his friend's wife. Uh, Although I find it interesting that the show didn't actually show, it didn't depict it right. Like, in both cases, you don't see, like, you see uh, Harper and Cameron, but only in Ethan's imagination. And you actually, but, but you never, you never see it confirmed that they actually did anything. Yeah. And then with uh, Ethan and Daphne, you never see anything. You just see them walking together. You know, Daphne sort of invites Ethan to, to go on a walk. And there's this implication that something happened, but you don't see it either. Um, but, but yeah, I think like the, it, it, it took both. It took the violence and the, uh, you know, the sleeping with his friend's wife to, to make him feel passionate enough for, for Harper again. Mm, yeah. Uh, he needed, yeah. So what, what, uh, I thought this too, but why did you think the, uh, they confirmed that they weren't, uh, Cameron's kids? So, so there's the scene, uh, in, in, uh, Cameron and Daphne's room where you see, uh, Daphne FaceTiming with her kids and then, you know, you see um, Cameron flossing, you know, he's got the little floss stick and uh, Daphne shouts like, hey, the kids want to say hi. And Cameron looks extremely displeased at the whole time, like when he's overhearing them talk. And then when she says they want to come talk to you and he does not look happy at all. And then he, you know, he, he, he changes his face. You know, he goes from like, you know, sort of irritated and angry to like happy. He jumps on the bed and says like, Hey, how you guys doing? Right. Like that was a very odd scene to me, unless he has suspicions that those aren't his kids. I think that he knows those aren't his kids, but because he and Daphne have this twisted relationship where, so when Daphne and Ethan are talking on the beach and Ethan's telling Daphne, uh, you know, I think something happened with Harper and Cameron, Daphne responds with something like, you know, you, you, you have to do what you have to do to like, not feel like a victim, you know, basically indicating like, you know, if they're going to cheat on you, you have to do it right back to them. Uh, and so I think Cameron has this kind of belief too, like, don't be a victim, do what you got to do. And so he is sort of in on this game of like, I'm going to pretend that these are my kids, because I don't want Daphne to think that she got one over on me. And so he's pretending too. Like he, like, like he knows that those aren't his kids. She probably knows. And like, they're both playing this game because, you know, they're both lying to each other all the time. But that was a weird scene to me that like, you know, why throw that in there where he's, you know, flossing and, 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 and angry. And then suddenly, oh, hey, you know, pretending like this, that doesn't mm. make sense to me in, 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 yeah. in, in the context of the show where Daphne earlier shows Harper like, oh, show, you know, you want to see my trainer and it's her kids. So that I think those two seeds are, are basically uh, evidence of this. And the, the, the idea that Cameron knows that he aren't those those, you know, that that's a little I don't know. That's that's kind of more speculative. But I think he has the suspicion, at least that something's going on yeah. there that those may not be his kids. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. The anger at the flossing. Yeah. That was strange. You're right. Um, and then Daphne, I mean, she has a moment when Ethan tells her 
where like her face like becomes very like she's she she you know it's like not like it's become clear like she's not accepting of like Cameron. It, it's a it's mm. a facade because she's sitting there and she's like you know she has to compose herself and says you know whatever you have to do you know to not be the victim and then she like leads you know uh she leads Ethan to her lair right as as a revenge so it's not <laughs> like it's not like she was you know just doing this because she likes this lifestyle or she wants it or whatever she's bitter and angry and sort of hates her husband and is getting back at him i mean that's i think that that's yeah. Yeah, the relationship is unquestionably like we 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 speculated like in previous discussions like Oh, like maybe the message is this is like the ideal relationship because like, you know, they're keeping it spicy and they're not asking too many questions, but they're just enjoying each other. They really do love each other, but like, no, like they're, they're screwed up and they have, you know, deep seated resentment that Daphne is yeah. at least uh, pretty miserable. Yeah. And you can, well, it, it also, so it seems like uh, Cameron is miserable too. That was, that's, that scene in the bathroom yeah. was so interesting because yeah. right up until that point, Cameron seems like the most happy go lucky guy in the world. He seems full of life and, you know, like, uh, you, the, yeah, he, he just does. You don't really see him in any kind of a, a bad mood ever. And that scene in the bathroom was like, why would he be in a bad mood like this unless he has these suspicions? And um, and both both he and Daphne have these, you know, these sort of parallel scenes where initially when Ethan is describing to Daphne his suspicions, Daphne, like, you know, her face, the way it tra- changes from like yeah. you know being very like you know, some 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 mix of like like worry and fear and terror and sadness to like suddenly happy like that was like a sort of a mirror image of what happened with Cameron where you know he initially starts off like sort of irritated and angry and resentful and then he suddenly becomes happy and and goes over and talks to to Daphne's kids so yeah i think there's like both of them there's a yeah, to bring yeah, bring it back to that point of you can lie and have great sex or or tell the truth and be in this kind of neutral bland relationship and now you have you you like Harper and and Ethan. Like that was probably the the most sort of passionate. Like yeah, there was there were quite a few sex scenes throughout including, you know, you see Cameron and Daphne, Cameron with the prostitutes, you see Jack with his uncle, which was you know, that was a very passionate <laughs> scene, but but but, you, but I think that but I think that 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 uh, Harper and Ethan, like that was like the most sort of like raw, energetic, like exciting kind of scene uh of sex in the in, in the entire season right like and, and that comes right after like both of them cheat <laughs> so you know no. that's uh, that, we'll i think that was like yeah. kind of the message yeah well they they spared us tanya and these uh this uh, the mobster guy they didn't give us that sex scene you know unfortunately this the, the show ended with uh, that. Like, they didn't give we us just that saw one. the four sh- the foreplay but we didn't get into yeah. the yeah <laughs> yeah that might have been that might have that might have been the winner, but we didn't get to see, uh, you know. So so yeah, I think that yeah, Harper and Ethan like that that revived their. It, it may have like interestingly, it may have it may like long term ruin the marriage, but short term it did revive the passion they had for each other. Um, yeah. So yeah. maybe there is this kind of like uh, the show is saying you can't you can't uh, what you can't have everything yeah. good all at once. Yeah. So I don't know if. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure that Daphne and Ethan did something. I'm not 100 percent sure that uh harper and uh cameron did or th- i think they probably did or they were on the road they were on the road to i mean she comes up to i mean she's her explanation doesn't make sense like he kissed me for two seconds and i push away but like she admits like they came up like for that reason right so he she didn't come up there for the hat so 
Uh, so she was coming up there with the intention and then like, you know, and so like, maybe she could say, I, w- I wouldn't have done anything, but like, you know, seems like she probably, uh, she probably did or was going to, um, whether did she read, did or not. Um, well, I read this interview with Mike White, uh, after the finale and he said that, uh, like, I mean, it was a very sort of cryptic, his, his answer to this question of like, did anything happen between, uh, between Harper and, uh, and Cameron? And he said, um, so he, so the quote was like, I, I think probably uh, Harper's telling the truth that they only kissed, but there was still this unaccounted time uh, that, and that's what, what, what Ethan is so, so stressed about. That's what, what he's so angry about. And so he's kind of saying like Harper's telling the truth, but there is this unaccounted for time. So I think he's sort of leaving it vague. Like we're not supposed to know for sure. Uh, but it seems likely that it couldn't have like, maybe like I, I'm inclined to believe they didn't actually have sex, but I am inclined to believe that it was more than just kissing, you know, whether it was, you know, Ethan's like, did you blow him? Like maybe, maybe that, maybe. Yeah. Uh, what I, thought was, I thought they were going back on the cuck path uh, again. Like, did you blow him? Did he put it in your, you know, did he do this to you? Did he do that to you? I thought, yeah, but that wasn't, that wasn't that. Yeah. Describe it in detail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh yeah I, I think it was it was more than kissing but less than sex and like that was Harper's sort of like you know a way for her to tell him something happened without like you know making him completely well it's, it's sort of it's, it's meta it's like consistent with the philosophy of the show like oh have some like uh mystery in a relationship oh it's fun like okay so you have mystery like in the show like not every single thing is told to you what happens and you sort of have to discuss it and interpret it and that makes the show more interesting than it otherwise would be right i think that's that's sort of the idea here yeah 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 i i think that's that's right yeah the 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 uh connection between deceit and passion uh did you find it realistic at the end so so uh oh we learned that cameron uh, actually did pay lucia back he he wasn't uh he so so i thought that he might have been strapped for money but he did pay Lucia at the end when they're sitting at the yeah. bar. He, and I, he thought he was, the I thought he was screwing. Yeah, I thought he was yeah. screwing with her, but but I don't know if he would have paid or not. But yeah, he did pay, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. But but did you believe? Like it was a strange thing, right? Where like uh, uh, Ethan and Cameron have the fight in the ocean, and then uh, Ethan and Daphne go off and probably have sex, and then they're at dinner. And there's that weird scene where where Cameron spots them, or Cameron and Daphne spot the uh, you know yeah. Ethan and Harper, and Harper says something like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" You know, like they didn't want, like they wanted to have dinner alone, but then Cameron sits down with them and says, "You know, oh, we've been friends," and blah blah, and um, and raises a, a toast, and they all you know clink their glasses. Did, was that believable that they would all be like friendly and fine with each other after all that had happened? No, before? They weren't all friends. I mean, it was like Ethan and Harper were just like, like weirded out. Like they did like, they thought that was a very strange thing. Um, but I think that like sort of, you know, I think that Cameron and Daphne were like, they're, they're maintaining their frame as like, they are, you know, it's their reality, right? It's like, there's all this like stuff people do and then like all these secrets they have, but like they are, they're like, their their front of like what they have with their life is going to dominate everyone else's reality. I feel like Cameron and Ethan have that kind of relationship where Ethan has been sort of in Cameron's shadow, sort of just like a big brother, like someone who's like, he's always like looking for his, I don't know if looking for his approval, but basically always sort of getting pushed into whatever, you know, worldview that, you know, whatever like outlook or perspective that Cameron takes. I think, I think he sort of dominates Ethan 
uh, in that way. Ethan gets one over on him, like he, you know, he sleeps with his wife, and maybe Cameron didn't even sleep with uh, uh, his uh, that uh, didn't even sleep with uh, Ethan's wife this time. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. But then Cameron comes back, and then just like I'm the stronger, you know, no matter what, I'm the stronger one here. I'm, I'll decide like we're friends or we're not friends, right? I'll decide oh, like yeah, everything's yeah. okay, and we're just going to keep pretending like nothing happened, just because like I'm the dominant one and I'm the cool one, and like you know, you guys are just whatever. You could be in your own head, yeah. or whatever. Well, I wonder if that's like, I mean, that yeah, that could be like one like one element of his character, but then the other, it would fit with, um, with basically like the way Cameron and Daphne treat each other. Right. Which is like, you know, we're going to go off and, and, and treat each other, you know, mistreat each other, but then come back and pretend like everything's okay. And pretend like we're still in a relationship and Cameron and Ethan have this altercation. And then Cameron comes back and pretends like everything's fine. Like maybe that's just part of his, 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 uh, his character, his makeup of like, you know, regardless of whatever happens, we can sort of pretend everything's cool, you know, smooth everything over and keep the relationship going. Uh, but it was, to me, it was weird that like Ethan wasn't like, you know, like Ethan still had his suspicions, but maybe, maybe the the message there was like, okay, he, in Ethan's mind, right? Like, okay, Cameron slept with my wife. I slept with his wife. I guess we're fine. I guess we can continue to be friends. That's fine. But yeah, initially I was surprised that like Harper or Ethan didn't just say like, we'd really like to sit alone tonight or like, you know, get the hell away from me or just like, no, but no, they just like kind of, you know, they were weirded out, but they went along with it. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know what that, like if that was just um, another sign of the show saying like, you know, you can, you can sort of have these, uh, you can you know, tell each other lies and whatever, but then you can just continue to pretend everything's okay, and you know, and that's how things go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I sort of yeah, it's you know, it's sort of uh, you know, so okay, so uh, when uh, Ethan punches um, uh, at the end at the end of their wrestling, you know, th- they gave us that scene. By the way, you said why was that scene? That scene was like so we would think that. Cameron was going to drown. Ethan, or Cameron was going to oh, drown. Ethan, or Ethan, or Ethan. Yeah. so we would think yeah. that like either they one of them killed the other one or they both died. Um, but then when uh, Ethan punches Cameron, you see uh, Cameron like gets like this serenity, like this look of serenity on his face, and floats away like on his back. Oh, so he's yeah. like he's happy. He like he just you know part of him he's just he loves the drama. He loves drinking. This is why he could pay Lucia <laughs> anytime he wants. He just wants to go. He wants to wait until the day he's going to leave the, you know, leave the hotel, get her worried, get her freaking out. Like even have the risk, you know, the thrill. She's going to like come like confront him like in front of his wife. And then he's just going to give her the money. He doesn't care about the money. Right? He's going to give her the, he's going to give her the money at the end. Uh, so he so likes it's, drama. It's, 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 he likes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like that sort all, of tension. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, it's a thrill. All of this stuff. He fights Ethan, you know, he loves it. He, he's, you know, he had fun, you know, that, that was, that's all a good fun. And, and so, yeah, except the one thing he didn't want to get cucked, but then the, the Shakespearean tragedy is they're not his kids. And so he sits there flossing yeah. every night, like angry, like his games, like web of lies have like caught up to him. That's like the tragedy. <laughs> that's the tragedy. The tragedy of, Cameron. of Cameron. That would be okay. So, so now, like, as as we're sort of like, uh, you know, sp- spinning this web and, and kind of like crafting this story, like maybe it would be interesting to follow Daphne and Cameron further, uh, yeah, because like because both that. characters are have lied to each other so much that like they themselves may not even be able to, to keep track of what lies they've told and how how far like the rabbit hole goes between them and so yeah maybe maybe there there could be uh you know maybe maybe Maldives next summer you know the next white lotus season 3 
if those two reappear, that would be interesting. Uh, Harper and Cameron, I, yeah, or, um, uh, Harper and Ethan, rather Harper and Ethan. I am not sure. I mean, they, they, I guess they kind of closed that loop of their story. Um, but there was that interesting scene at the end where they're both, both couples are at the airport and they've kind of turned into this like mirror image of each other where like Cameron and, and, uh, 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 Daphne are together and Ethan and, uh, Harper together. And, uh, they're sort of facing, I think they're facing away from each other, but like sitting in the same way, same posture. And I think that was to, imply that like you know ethan and and his wife have basically become like cameron and his wife of like they both have you know committed infidelity to keep the the passion alive and now they're both gonna maybe continue lying to each other to keep that going um so but yeah yeah i think i think uh uh bringing bringing the bringing those two characters back cameron and um Daphne might be interesting for a future season. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot we hear. You know, maybe I don't know if this is right, but they, they sort of remind me of like Trump, like we're like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if like Trump's relationships or whatever. No, it's not the same, but like it's like everything is real, but like everything is fake at the same time. So it's like they, they cheat on each other, but they like joke that they're cheating, which is like sort of makes it sound like they're not cheating on each other, but it's really they are. And so Trump will get up there and say, you know, I respect women more than anyone else. And it's like, He's like saying it, but it's obviously not true, right? But he like is acting like he's a politician who wants you to think it's true, but he's like in on the joke at the same time, you know? It's like there's multiple <laughs> layers of like lying and like super lying and super honesty, right? I think this is Trump's persona, and I think this is like something that's in Cameron and Daphne too. Something that just came to mind, uh, kind of random, which which is uh, the the other show we discussed, one of the other shows, uh, Succession, where Roman Roy will walk around saying like extremely twisted jokes. But then there was, there are a couple of times where he'll say a joke about like, Oh yeah. Uh, Jerry and I just had phone sex like right before. Yeah, this yeah, meeting. That's true. <laughs> because Roman tells those twisted jokes all the time. People assume that he's just, you know, Oh, that's just Roman saying crazy things. But because he makes those jokes, like, it makes you wonder if like all the other jokes Roman makes, like if those are also true, right. About like, uh, you know, like molestation and, uh, whatever incest and all the other things that he like, you know, these, these throwaway jokes, um, you know, maybe those are true too, because, because we, some of the jokes that we're in on, we understand those to actually have, have happened. Um, but yeah, so, so, so with this, with this show, yeah, Cameron and Daphne make these, these sort of twisted jokes about yeah yeah like like uh you know when daphne gets uh gets her massage and cameron is like you know oh like how how hot was he and like asking these questions and stuff and uh and daphne plays along with it um yeah there's like a it, they're they're pretending to joke in public but but privately they both understand that uh yeah they're they're both unfaithful yeah i mean and then they, i like the i like the the i like the um the sort of uh, the difference you could see, like yes, Ethan and you know Harper are like a uh, you know like they're 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 sort of closer to the prototype for the audience of the show, and Cameron and Daphne are a different type. I love the fact that they don't read the news. I mean, that's just like yes, like they are for you know it's like they are they are uh, they are uh, uh, you know they're focused on themselves. They they want. You know, they want to live life to the fullest. They want money and they want to just sort of enjoy themselves and sort of have like these complicated games. While like Ethan and Harper, like even the fact that they like they value honestly honesty like so much. Like Cameron and Daphne, like they don't value honesty. Like they, you know, Cameron values like you know, he's got this like social Darwinist 
uh, politics or like, you know, these, you can't succeed anymore with all these losers, like demanding, <laughs> demanding something. And there's just, there's no, like, you know, there's just, there's, you know, they value something else. They have this sort of, uh, uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, like some people talk about like, uh, like our, our friend Mark Andreessen talks about, uh, uh, Nietzsche and, and, and Christian. It, it's sort of mm-hmm. like, I don't know if even, you know, maybe they're, yeah, they're, they're, they have this sincerity that I think is more Christian. And then there's just sort of like this Nietzschean, uh, you know, uh, aspect of Cameron and Daphne. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, another way to look at that, uh, their relationship, at least to me, it it, it sort of fits this by now, this conventional pattern uh, of, of a, of a seemingly happy couple who, you know, once you peek behind the scenes of any happy couple, uh, any happy couple that looks healthy and, and in love and so on, you know, there's going to be hypocrisy. There's going to be cheating. There's going to be, you know, this is sort of the, uh, the 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 line that people give like like for example if you ever talk about like a, how how happy and stable marriages were in the 1950s yeah. uh, a lot of critics will say like well you don't know like the, you know a lot of those housewives were were yeah. bored and depressed and the men were cheating and there's all this darkness yeah. that you just didn't see behind that that, yeah. that shiny surface image and the belief is like it's impossible to have like a happy marriage yeah. uh, and so Cameron and Daphne are like you know, they're not overtly political. I think that the social Darwinist politics, they could either be perceived as Nietzschean or just like a sort of, you know, what, like an Ayn Rand libertarian or conservative or something of just like a guy who enjoys success and, and, and doesn't want to apologize for it. Um, you know, you, like conservatives or right wingers can't, you know, if they have a healthy marriage, happy marriage, it can't possibly be as happy as it seems. So let's like deconstruct it and show that it's actually unhappy and based on lies and hypocrisy. Yeah. Yeah, this is bisexual classic liberal. It's the bisexual guy who wants to show that no one can possibly be stable and have like a norm because he's, he's, he's bisexual. He's all over the place, right? It, it makes it makes sense that this is this is what he'd want. Yeah, because we don't see a healthy, uh, long lasting relationship anywhere in any of the two seasons. You have uh, Bert, who is mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have uh, Dominic, you have uh, Cameron, you have Ethan, you have uh, you know the the, the beta dad from season from season one yeah there's nobody not a single you think greg and tanya you know you don't find one that's like you know he's, <laughs> he's you know, tanya. there's no right. like healthy like you know successful marriage just anywhere and so like yeah. I, I would i hope season three like i thought there was a bit of repetitiveness between season one and season two and the themes it, you know it got better at the end season two took i think some unique directions but i hope season three is not just a bunch of another broken relationship like i hope like the like the writer comes back and says you know I could show you something that sort of works or something that's different, not just these prototypes of these people who lie to themselves or these people who are bored or, or whatever. I hope there's like, you know, there's something there, you know, that that's, that's just new and different for next season. Yeah, that would be, that would, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I get that, um, you know, happy, stable relationships with no problems. They're not the most exciting to watch, right? Like you, there has, but, but by this point, I think like the, the uh the the hip- hypocrisy and the lies and the cheating like all that stuff has been so overdone so overwrought like yeah. it's you you predict it now that it would almost be subverting expectations to just show that like I, like it would have subverted yeah. expectations i think if daphne and cameron were just like legitimately young happy in love and that's yeah. just who they were like that would have been weird and that actually would have i think gotten a lot of attention and gotten like the the sort of the media critic yeah. chattering class like buzzing like what, what's the message then, between and, these and two he, or is this never so cheated happy? on her yeah, he never cheated yeah. on her. It was all a joke. That would have been. That would have been. She never cheated. Yeah. They're just. Yeah, yeah. I think well, that would have, be. Yeah, we have Isabella and Rocco as the as the uh, ideal. Maybe it's the working class. Huh? Maybe you need to be. Uh, maybe you can't be rich. I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't think all he's right. an anti-capitalist. 
but uh yeah you know, well yeah so okay so yeah this was this was fun i think we've we've covered a lot uh anything else rob you want to say about the white lotus before we go no i think that was uh no 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 this was this was a good season i i enjoyed it yeah likewise okay until next time <laughs>